I'm your host, Rabbi Linda Schreiner Khan, and welcome to Tehillah Talks, where teens engage in honest conversation with their rabbi about what it means to be Jewish in the world today. Welcome to the first conversation between Jasmine and Julian and Rabbi Linda. We're going to be having conversations that begin with a biblical context, and then you're free to take it where where you wish. And I thought that here we are in the last book of the Bible, in Deuteronomy, or Devarim, as it's called in, in Hebrew, which means words or things. And it's Moses's goodbye. And like any good parent or leader, he wants to make sure that everybody gets all the right instructions. And so, and he finds leaving the people very, very difficult. His beginning is, is, a, is an unknown, right? Because his next step is to be taken up on a mountain by God. That's the description. But for us, we always have endings and beginnings. And I, I thought I'd frame the question this way for the two of you. How do you deal with endings? And have you had any interesting endings lately? So, Jasmine, if you want to go first, why don't you go first? Uh, sure. Well, one thing that came to mind when I was thinking about like endings and beginnings was how sort of stages of life or like stages, like for example, I'll be in like a program or I'll be in a school. And then uh, when that ends, it's sort of, I tend to deal with it in a way that's like clean cut and I don't keep a lot of contact. Whereas I know a lot of people who interweave parts of different phases of their life together a lot better. So that's what I was thinking of when I was thinking of ending and beginnings. It's like transitions and whether you transition cleanly from one point to another or you keep those things with you, which when you were saying that, that's what I was thinking of. You know, I'm almost done with high school. So that's a really big transition. It's an ending and a beginning. Right. So, Julian, do you want to say something to this? And I have a question for both of you. I was thinking about, I think I personally tend to forget things really quickly after they're over. Like, for instance, uh, Jasmine gave the example of school. Like, as soon as school is over, I forget, like, a lot of my, um, a lot of how hard it was. And I start missing, like, all the people I see every day and, and, you know, having somewhere to go, like, you know, I start missing the purpose that I guess it gives me on a day-to-day basis. And I think in general, like personally, I find endings very difficult. Like I find them very sad. I don't know why, but like uh, I've always found them very upsetting. So what do you think makes a good transition? I think having the ability to choose your own terms for it. I think a lot of the time when something is thrust upon you and you just have to deal with it, makes it very difficult to come to terms with. But like when you have the ability to process something, uh, it makes it much easier. Yeah, I think it also depends on like what's ending and what's beginning. Like, is it something that you want to stay with you or is it something that you want to leave behind you? You know, I think Mm -hmm. that's a decision that you have to make in transition. Like whether this is something that you're moving away from or like something that is going, you want to be continuing in your life to some degree, even if you're ending it, you know? Right. And, but the the thing is the purpose and the people is sort of something that, that Julian was saying, when you have a purpose, 
then the transition is harder to make. And particularly when there are people that you care about or you built relationship with, mm-hmm. which actually lines it right up with Moses, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really does. It's just, you know, he, He's got a purpose and the possibility that that purpose is going to be gone. I mean, it is, it's, he's been told it's going to be over is pretty mind blowing for him. And, mm-hmm. and for you, Jasmine, you're, you're switching purposes in a way Yeah. at the end of this year. Yeah. I mean, I definitely a big thing is like, there's like, it's a major transition where you have to leave behind people and like create a new purpose. And I think that, sorry if this is a little bit off topic, but uh, what Julian was saying about it being sad, like, I think it can be a good thing, too. Like, when you look at, like, leaving something behind and, like, not that it's not also sad, but, like, it's sort of an opportunity. And I think that endings and beginnings, of obviously for beginnings, are, like, opportunities to make different things happen in your life or, like, do different things with your life. So. I tend to view them in more of a positive way, even though it is this idea of leaving behind things and that being hard. I think that you're also gaining a lot. I don't know. <laughs> you're also gaining the freedom to yeah. like choose what the next step is in most cases. Yeah, it's exciting to like be able to make those decisions and it's like an opportunity to make those decisions. So, so do you think it's important that when you're coming to the end of something or the beginning of something else to create some kind of ritual or occasion or way of memorializing that change? Like a graduation ceremony, for example? A graduation ceremony, writing about it. I mean, there's diff- there are different ways of memorializing. I don't want to just, yeah. just say graduation. Do you think it's important to do that? I think so, because otherwise, or I guess it depends on who you are. But for me, I would say I think so, because if you don't have something that sort of concretely like in your mind is like, this is closing this thing, like a closure. Sorry that that was badly phrased, but like, if you don't have a closure, like it's really hard to like end something, you know? And I think ceremonies are a way or like some sort of ritual is a way to close chapter. But I don't know if, I mean, for me, I can't really imagine any other way to do that. But I'm, I wouldn't say universally you need to. Right, right. But I'm going to stay with you for a minute and then I'll go to Julian. So for you, graduation is the ending ceremony. But interestingly enough, I don't think culturally we have a beginning ceremony for starting college. Yeah, it's interesting. In my school, we sort of do. We have an opening project, which is like, a ritual, a beginning ritual. It's not for college, but it's for transitioning through the different school years. Have you found that helpful? Yes, because it sort of serves a different purpose, though. It's more like easing you into something else. Like, yeah, uh, instead of... And that's a beginning. And that's a beginning, right? So, Julian, for you, any any rituals for endings and beginnings that you have found, it doesn't have to be school-related, but just that you have found important and worthwhile? Or you think um, you're pretty bogus? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think that we have things like that because we find change very, like, we can find it very exciting, but also very scary. And yeah, I don't know. I think one thing that does come to mind, which it's a little school related, I have to admit, is uh, when a season ends for 
cross country, we have a meeting about the next season and our coach like outlines all the things that we have to do before the next season starts and like some of his goals for our team. And that personally has helped me motivate a lot. Like he, for instance, during the summer, we have to run a certain number of miles. And when we had, when we had that whole conversation that was like, you need to go run in 200 miles this summer in order to be at your best for the season that helped me, you know, achieve that goal. So I guess that's sort of a ceremony that has to do with ending and beginning things. What that is, it's, it's goal setting. Yeah. Is important because it says, this is what I need to reach for. And it's an interesting, I'll go back to Moses again. And his, he, he does all these final speeches and they keep going and going and going. But he, what he's really doing. But, <laughs> but what he's also doing for the people is he's trying to set goals for them. You know, if, mm-hmm. and sometimes it sounds like if then propositions, but it's really more like it's motivate. It's like a coach. I want to motivate you. Yeah to stay on track. So mm-hmm. that's another way of, of ending some beginnings is that if one person is leaving and another one is coming in, how do you keep that motivation going? You set some yeah. goals. Especially because from my understanding, like the Hebrew people at that point in time didn't have a lot of like stability or I don't know if that's the right word, but it that seems the like right word, yeah. they were very uncertain and yeah, they, they were just very uncertain because it was just an unprecedented thing that they were going through. So like, I can imagine how for Moses, as like the leader of the Jewish people, he would want to try to give them some guidance because God has pretty much put him in like difficult position. If he's just like, I don't know how to explain, but like if God is just taking him out of power, just, you know, disappearing him, like you would kind of want to stick around for a little bit, I guess, after your time and like try to guide, but he doesn't have that opportunity. Well, the thing about it, parental units want the same thing, right? You want to keep their hand in with their children, um, even when it's not Uh necessarily appropriate. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean. (laughs) I have to say that. Uh, Because there's there's a moment where where you all have your own wings and you're flying off in your own direction and parents uh, hold their breaths and and hope for the best and, and oftentimes do give instruction hoping that they'll be taken. But the truth of the matter is at that stage, all the important instruction has already been given. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. You were going to say Jasmine. I'm sorry. (laughs) I just, I feel like instructions or goal setting is sort of a way of helping people or helping yourself deal with um, how risky beginnings are. Like it's sort of a way to take control of like how risky that is and like how it's not something that you have you don't really know what's going to happen like you think this is going to happen but I mean you never know when you're starting something new how it's going to turn out and so I think instructions or goal setting is a way for people to sort of cope with that anxiety and like create a plan sort of for like how to deal with and but the the thing about the plan that, that Moses puts out which is kind of interesting is in many ways, it's a reminder of what the people are capable of. And so that, I don't know how often we really do that, is that when we're starting something new, that we take stock of our own skills and our own abilities to say, hey, I can do this because I've already done this, 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 and this, right? I don't know that we do yeah. that. Sometimes we just jump and... and 
<laughs> and if we're lucky, we yeah, land well, and other times we, we don't. But the better times are usually when we have taken the, that extra time to think about what it is we're taking with us. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I definitely feel like I'm the type to just jump, I guess, and not really do much stock taking. Uh, like when a new school year comes around, like I'm definitely just like, you know, just go to the first day without very much like preparation. Just because I think that's a way like to avoid dealing with <laughs> how stressful things can be. Right. Like if you, yeah, like that's the way you can minimize the amount of, um, I don't know, the amount of like thinking that goes into it. It's just doing. But what about the things that you, that you did successfully in the previous year? Can't you build on that? Yeah. Yeah. But I think you're already building on that because you've managed to graduate, you know, like (laughs) just just being there, like, at least for me, just being there feels like, wow, I've already made it, you know, this far. I've already done, like, I've already gotten this far, you know, I should be able to handle this, you know? Jasmine? I don't know. Oh, I was just going to say that, like, I think it can be a good thing to just like, if it's just too overwhelming to just do it. Um, But I think that also... I mean, I honestly don't do this, but I think it's a good thing to plan and like, cause that sort of minimizes how overwhelming things are. I notice like if I ever do like give myself instructions or like organize my thoughts or like actually view whatever situation I'm going into, like, I don't really know like a word, but like if I like organizedly view it, like, right. <laughs> sort of like plan everything out, then it becomes a lot less overwhelming it's just like mm-hmm. okay this is not as bad but I'm also often someone who just like doesn't think about it and just does it because otherwise you might not do it yeah I might not do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> sometimes like when it when it's something that I'm like nervous about I imagine in my head it going very well like you know I like I use whatever I do know about the situation I think like okay I'm gonna go and this is going to happen and then I'll do this and it'll turn out like this. And that really helps me like calm my nerves if I've like imagined it going well beforehand. I know that's kind of a weird thing to do. No, no. I think it's a very smart thing to do. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I do that a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, a, that's advice I've been given a lot. So I don't think that's weird. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Good. <laughs> it's, visioning what something is going to look like is, is very helpful. I, yeah. And again, it's, it's the power of positive thinking. Yeah. yeah. Look, we, we all know that they're going to, it's not going to come out exactly the way we imagine. However, if we don't go forward, we're just standing still and standing still is yeah. never an option because stuff is going to happen anyway. Right. I mean, whether we go hide under the covers or not, the world is going to continue moving. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Um, I think that's one of the scariest things about life, in my opinion, is the fact that, like, with or without you, things are going to happen, you know? Yes. Yes. It's sort of like, this is a a weird thing to say in response to that, but, like, you know, it's sort of like object permanence in a way. It's like things exist when you're not looking. Wait, what does that mean? It's like something that you learn as a kid, but, like... uh, It's an early childhood thing, yeah. Yeah. Where it's like... um, you learn that objects exist when you're not there. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's kind of that's, still like, you know, 
like we know that objects exist when we're not there but like if you think about it too much it gets kind of weird like (laughs) well because Um, that's that's our like perspective in life is that you know what i'm seeing in front of me is what i know 100 percent is like going on and to to like acknowledge that things happen even when you're not there or don't know about it is like acknowledging that you're just a person yeah and like and you're the not limits the that center. that kind of places on you yeah yeah um, you know you're not the center of the world well that goes back to that goes back to the the teaching right which which you know we walk around with two slips of paper in, in our pockets one says the world was created for me and the other one says i'm but a grain of sand and both things are always true because we do have accountability we do have agency and at the same time as much agency as we have we're just one small grain of agency right yeah that, that reminds me of um this is a very like specific reference but in the Sopranos, like the main character is in a coma. And when he wakes up, there's like a Native American saying on the wall that says like, sometimes I go around in pity for myself. But like, all, meanwhile, the wind blows me across the sky, something like that. And like, that really stuck with me because I think it like, it kind of speaks to how I view life, which is like, you know, whatever whatever I do, life is going to go on. So I might as well try to do the best that I can, even though I am like very insignificant. It's sort of like optimistic nihilism. In a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. What it is. <laughs> it's like, you're not like, Oh wow. Everything's insignificant. Well, that sucks. It's like, everything's insignificant, but like, you can yeah, still... might as well give it my best shot. Yeah. So then, just like, <laughs> but, but on the other hand, so we were visiting our son at camp, and uh, so when you're in the country, a moonrise is a lot more dramatic than it is in Riverdale. Mm-hmm. And the moonrise was amazing, and then being able to see Mars with your, you know, with the naked eye was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And so it's this realization that we're part of something much larger, yeah. Uh, yeah. which, which actually I think is a very empowering notion because as small as we are, we have figured these things out. That's extraordinary. Yeah. It took thousands of years of work though, to get to that point where we kind of understand how things work. But think about it, you know, the way the sky is mapped that happened a really, really long time ago. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm, every small contribution that you make will become sort of like this uh, part of this really bigger expanse of knowledge that was created over like a long time. So that's really cool. Like, even though it took so long to gather this much information or, you know, whatever you can say about any context, I guess, this is just like, you know, knowledge, science, that stuff, like every small contribution ends up making that larger and so like in 10,000 years we'll be like wow can you believe these people were so primitive or whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. then, <laughs> but, but, but without them we wouldn't have gotten here yeah mm-hmm. also right. Moses kind of has a huge advantage over us or the the Jewish people in the Bible kind of or the Torah have a huge advantage over us because they're sort of speaking to God and God is giving them instructions where we in the modern world that don't really have that in the same way. Like we don't 
Moses got like direct instructions from God. That must have made it so much easier to figure out like what what little things he could do to you know steer like to affect the world, I guess. But the you know truth I mean? is, like, yes and no, because on some hand, having that intimacy with an indescribable power is no small difficulty. And even one of my favorite lines, I think it was in your sister's Haftorah, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Moses complains and says, what am I? What am I? Am I their mother that I have to suckle them at my breast? Uh, you know, they want everything mm-hmm. from me. They're taking the life out of me. Uh, so it's a lot of responsibility. Uh, and I think leading, well, if Moses, leading. If Moses had never seen like the burning bush and he'd never spoken <laughs> to God, how could he possibly like, how could he have freed the Jewish people from slavery? Oh, you're right. You know, I, it was, yeah, 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 it yeah, would have yeah. been impossible. He would have had to, there would have had to be a million Moseses doing like a million little things. And I think that's kind of our situation is that like, we don't have, any cheat codes or any special instructions like how to make the world a better place well but we do kind of have to figure it out for ourselves but we do it's something something that you said at the beginning i think it brings us right back to what you were saying is that um you you said that the end of school what you miss is the purpose and the people yeah when you have purpose and you have and you have people that you connect with on a deep level a great deal is possible Yeah. I mean, I would object to that, <laughs> to portray- or interpreting school that way, at least for me. I don't know if it's true for school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I also feel like people kind of, they have purpose, but it's a bad purpose or it's misguided. You know, there's people out there that like do wrong and, you know, it's, it's purpose doesn't necessarily mean good purpose, you know? Yeah, I, I think s- what's more difficult is finding like a proactive, like, task you know a proactive mission something that's going to benefit people because a lot of the time like we just do things like to benefit ourselves or whatever yeah what i would say is like i think it's important to have when you're like adhering to a specific mission or purpose is to make sure that you maintain your individual perspective and judgment yeah because i think that when people have misguided beliefs the reason that they become like so set is this idea that um you should never change them when you're presented with evidence that's contrary to your beliefs so i think it's important Mm -hmm. in going into everything is to keep an open mind even though you know what's right and like in this is what you believe is right you also have to keep in mind that you can't know everything and you only have your own perspective. Sorry if this is like yeah. really big, but like, <laughs> no, but, yeah. that's, but that's, but that's, but that's really true, Jeff. But I think that's, that's absolutely right. You only have your own perspective and other people have different perspectives and that's about respect as well. Mm-hmm. But I think it's an interesting question about Moses because right. He's a legendary figure and we put a great deal of power on him and this intimacy with the divine is one is one of the things that we do but in many ways his struggle is one that most human beings go through his journey is is it's not an unfamiliar journey in what way what do you mean by that well you know like what is what's so universal about his journey well, he he screws from, up like, at the it, he screws up yeah, at the beginning big time right 
He needs some time to figure out who he is. He gets a mission and he's not so eager to take it on. He, he wants to deny, you know, it's like he figured, somebody tells him who he is and it's like, I don't want to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. That's like too much for me. And then he has a partner who is, Zippor actually is a, is a big support for him. And then Aaron is a big support. And th- that's sort of an interesting reality is that it isn't until later that he's really operating solo where he feels he has enough strength to do these things. Yeah more or less alone. And even then, even then, one of my favorite moments is his father-in-law comes to visit. He's overwhelmed by the responsibility. And there's this, I have this, this movie in my brain of Moses and, and Jethro sitting in the tent and Jethro saying, hey, hey man, you're doing too much on your own. You know, you got to mm-hmm. delegate. You just got to delegate. You can't yeah. take it all on for yourself. And, and Moses goes, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's a really good idea. I can delegate and I'll just handle the big stuff. So, yeah, to me, that's, I think that's something we can. Yeah, that's something we all struggle with. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, Moses and a lot of other biblical people have flaws, which makes them human, which makes them sort of models, like achievable models in some way. Like, as opposed to untouchable models. Yeah, as opposed to like godly or untouchable. It's like they're just people. Yeah, I'm going to bring the conversation to a close. I think you guys have been, uh, it's been a great conversation. And if you have any closing thoughts about endings and beginnings, I'm going to ask you to do this. How has this been a good beginning? (laughs) This conversation, that's my final question. How has this been a good beginning? Uh, I thought this was a really good conversation. I mean, the technical difficulties and stuff, like, we'll work that through. (laughs) I don't have a face, but that's okay. Um, And, like, (laughs) yeah, I thought the conversation was really good. Um, I thought it was really good that we had, like, questions that we were answering, so it sort of kept the conversation directed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I second. I pretty much am going to repeat everything. I'll just say that I agree with that. I'm going to thank you both a great deal. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Tehillah Talks. For more information about Tehillah, go to congregationtehillah.org. Tune in next time when our teens continue to reflect on issues of the day in a Jewish lens.